customer journey mapping has become a favorite tool for visualizing the customer's experience. But what exactly are they and how do you create them and what's the best way to use them? Although posts often talk about customer journey mapping as a powerful way of visualizing the customer experience, many find the idea of creating a customer journey map quite intimidating, but they shouldn't. That isn't the case. There's nothing magical about the process, and it's something that anyone can do, including you. So this podcast is a guide. It's a guide that aims to talk you through the process of mapping the customer journey from beginning to end. I even, if you go to the blog, give you a customer journey template you can work with. The reason people feel intimidated by customer journey mapping is they've got the wrong view of it. They think that it has to be an accurate representation, something that is representative of every nuance of the customer experience. But to be honest, that's just impossible. A better way to think of it is a bit like a persona. It's a representation of a typical experience. In fact, customer journey maps are much like personas in many ways. The difference being is that they focus on tasks and questions. They also express the customer's experience over time rather than as a snapshot. And that means the two personas and customer journey mapping work well together. The persona focuses on the person while the customer journey map focuses on the experience. Of course, this means that customer journeys take much more effort to create than a persona. They're more complicated. As a result, we tend to produce fewer of them. And often people only create a customer journey map for each of their primary audiences. They also focus on an overview of the entire experience rather than digging into too much detail. That said, over time, you can flesh out your journeys. You can look at other segments or more details or, um, and even address some secondary audiences. Another way to think about customer journey maps is that it's a story, a story that's designed to provide insights into the customer's journey. It's an archetype, if you like, that represents the underlying complexity of the real journey, but in a more digestible form. In other words, a customer journey map is not going to be 100% accurate. That might leave you wondering what the point is. Why bother with a map when it's not entirely representative of the experience? Well, a customer journey map is a powerful tool. If you're a designer, it's going to help you understand the context of users. You'll gain a clear picture of what users have come, um, come to do, what they want to achieve, and where they've come from. If you write copy, it's going to help you understand the questions that users have and how they're feeling about the experience. And it gives managers an overview of the customer's experience. They will see how customers move through the sales funnel and they, it will help them identify opportunities to enhance that experience. The map will show them how an enhanced customer experience will differentiate the organization in the uh, digital marketplace. For the user experience designer, a customer journey map helps to identify gaps, points in the customer experience that are disjointed or painful. These might include gaps between devices when the user moves from one device to another, or gaps between departments where the user might become frustrated, or gaps between channels, for example, where the experience is going from social media to the website and how that could be better. Most of all, a customer journey map puts the user front and center in the organization's thinking. That's um, in contrast with our tendency to look at our own priorities, what we want to do rather than what the user wants to do. It's so easy to get caught up in what you want the project to achieve that you forget to consider how it's going to benefit the user. 
It's also an ongoing reminder throughout the project to consider the user's context, the user's questions, their feelings, their goals. And those are all going to change throughout their journey. And we need to be aware of that. A customer journey map also provides context for the project as a whole. A journey map helps to define where in the customer experience the particular project you're working on fits. Take, for example, a typical website. The website might only act as a marketing tool. It creates the desire in the user for the product and answers some fundamental questions, but the action of buying might happen offline. However, the same website might enable the user to place an order or even get after-sales support. If you know how much of the journey the project covers, it's going to help define the scope of the project. Finally, customer journey mapping can be a helpful tool in broader digital transformation because at its heart, digital transformation is about adapting to changing consumer expectations. Customer journey mapping helps to expose these changes in customer behavior to the rest of the organization. It ensures everyone is not planning based out of out-of-date assumptions. The problem is that senior management see digital as nothing more than an add-on to their existing offering, and they fail to realize how much digital has changed everything. By mapping the customer journey, you help to highlight that change. Customer journey mapping also helps management teams look beyond their current obsession. For example, management of a habit to focus on things like mobile, social media, or SEO. Instead, they need to see these things in context. A customer journey map helps them to get that context. Providing this context helps to highlight gaps or shortcomings that show management where the business is failing to meet the needs and expectations of customers. It also helps them to focus on the customer rather than on their own products, services and organization. This customer service mentality is lacking, especially within larger organizations. How then do we create a customer journey map? The process of creating a customer journey map has to begin by getting to know users. Many organizations already have some information about users. In fact, you might meet resistance from those who feel that they'd be repeating the exercise if they carried out further research. That's why gathering existing research is often a good start. Often this research will be out of date or buried in a drawer somewhere, but it is worth digging out. By gathering existing research, you will see what the organization already knows and how relevant that information is. That will appease those who may be a resistant while potentially saving you some research effort because some of it will be relevant. You will also identify some gaps that will need filling. And to fill these gaps, you need two types of research, analytical and anecdotal. Let's look at analytical first. You can turn to many sources of, uh, for data about users. The most obvious is website analytics, which provides a lot of information on where users have come from and what they're trying to achieve. It will also help you identify pain points in the process where they might have given up. But be careful. Misunderstanding analytics is really easy. For example, don't presume that if uh, you get a lot of clicks or there's a long dwell time, that's a sign of a happy user. They could indicate that they're lost or confused. Social media is also a useful tool for data. Um, tools such as social mention track mentions of a brand and whether those mentions are positive or negative, and that can help build up a picture too. Search data also provides valuable insights into the user's behavior and what they're looking for and reveals whether your existing website is providing the right information. Finally, you might want to consider running a survey. That'll help build up a more detailed picture of users' questions, feelings, and motivations. But there's also anecdotal research. 
Although data can build up a compelling picture, it doesn't tell the whole story, and that's where you need anecdotes of users' experiences. One challenge is getting access to your customers. It can be hard finding uh, customers willing to sit down and talk to you, even over the phone, but it is worth persevering. However, if all else fails, you can interview people who talk to customers often. Salespeople or customer support staff are two good examples of this. Depending on your company, there may be many more. But remember, these people won't see the entire journey. Nobody will, and you'll need to piece together the various parts by talking to different staff. Time and budget constraints will constrain the depth in which you go into your research. If your organization has many different user groups, then creating detailed customer journeys for each one is going to be hard. Therefore, I suggest focusing on the primary audiences. You can make educated guesses about customer journeys for secondary audiences, and that's kind of okay. Do this by workshopping solutions with frontline staff and internal stakeholders. Although this is a bit of a quick and dirty approach and isn't going to be as accurate, it's still better than nothing, presuming everybody is aware of those limitations. And you need to be careful of that because um, you need to make it clear what has got research behind it and what is an assumption. Making um, decisions based on assumptions is obviously dangerous. And once management uh, see the benefits that come from the research that you've done, they'll probably be willing to spend more time on you doing it. Whether you have detailed research or not, often the best way to kick off the process of creating a customer journey map is to run some kind of workshop. One of the most common mistakes I see people making is to create the customer journey map in isolation. They feel like they've consulted widely and they've gathered research so they can begin to design the journey themselves. But that's a wasted opportunity. Running a customer journey mapping workshop is often a convenient way of engaging with many stakeholders. It's also great for getting key influencers to start thinking about the user's experience. But how do you run a workshop like this? Well, the first thing is to know what you want from that workshop. The goal of the customer journey mapping workshop is not to map the entire customer journey. In fact, it's unlikely to, you'll be able to create any kind of detailed customer journey map in a day. Instead, expect to walk away with a draft of a single journey for one type of users. If you're lucky, you might be able to cover two, but don't expect that. Remember, the aim of customer journey mapping isn't to map every nuance of the user's experience. You're trying to tell a story, a story you can circulate within the company to engage people with the idea of customer experience and customer service, something to get them thinking. And the workshop itself helps in that regard. It will focus critical influencers from across the company on the importance of the user experience. It educates them so they have a better understanding of how to serve their customers and carry out further research. The process of creating the customer journey map also helps to identify weak points in the customer journey, places where the organization is letting customers down and procedures that need to be changed. Keeping these goals in mind is essential. It's easy to get sucked into endless discussions over different paths the users might follow. Pick a journey and tell the story. Once you've got those goals clear in your mind, the next decision is to who to invite to the workshop. There are basically two types of people you want to invite to a customer journey mapping workshop. There are those that understand the customer journey and those who do not, but are influencers within the organization. It's often senior management who fall into that latter category. The more senior you are, the less you have to do with customers, yet the more your decisions impact their experience. 
That's why these people need to attend a customer journey workshop. It helps to focus them on customer needs and show them the consequences of some of their decisions. That only works if you also have people who understand the customer journey in the meeting too. You may think that the people who understand the journey the most are customers themselves, but that isn't necessarily true. They will know their journey, but that might not be representative of the whole. For that, you're better off talking to, as I said, customer service staff. They engage with large numbers of users on a daily basis. They also will have invaluable anecdotes of failures in user experience, stories that you can incorporate into the customer journey. That said, you should always seek to have customers in the room too, if for no other reason than it lets senior management meet them. However, if you're unable to make that happen, it's not the end of the world. If you have customer-facing staff there, then you've done your research, you're going to be okay. There are other people who have a contribution to make too. Marketers often have insights into user behavior based on market research that they've carried out, and digital teams have a lot to offer through their um, use of usability testing and uh, web analytics and that kind of thing. Make sure that these people, when they attend the meeting, bring any research or data they have on users. The more material you have to work with, the better the session will be, and the less reliant you're gonna be on personal opinion. Running a customer journey workshop is not as hard as you might think. Different people run the workshops in different ways, but the approach I've settled on is fairly straightforward and could be run with any, uh, by anybody without too much trouble. Begin by identifying the principal stages a customer passes through in their interaction with the company. Yeah, so for example, it might include a discovery where they discover a need for a product, research where they start to look at their options, the purchase process where they actually buy it, when the product's delivered, and then after sales support. It's important to note that this will vary depending on the nature of the product or service. There's no right or wrong way to organize these stages, so feel free to decide on a model together in the workshop itself. Some customer journey maps even branch into slightly different journeys or double back on themselves at times. However, as a rule of thumb, I try to avoid this kind of complexity. I'll say it one more time, a customer journey map is a story. It doesn't need to be 100% accurate. Adding in that level of detail makes it hard to read and can undermine some of its value. The de second decision the group needs to make is what information you want to map about the user. What do you need to know at each stage of the interaction? Again, this is up to you, but some of the common areas are tasks. What is the user trying to achieve at this stage? Questions. What does the user want to know at this stage? Touch points. How does the user interact with the organization at this point? Emotions. What is the user feeling in, in this stage of the process? Weaknesses. What does the organization, how does the organization let the user down at this stage? And influences. Who or what is helping to shape the user's decision-making process at this stage? With these two decisions made, you can now create a grid with stages on one axis and information you want to gather on the other. It's important to stress that the final customer journey map doesn't need to be as boring as a grid, but it's a framework within which you can work. I recommend getting a large roll of paper and covering an entire wall with this grid, as big as you can. Now as a group, um, work through that first column, the first stage in the journey. For each row, start writing information on post-it notes and adding it to the grid. For example, what tasks is the user trying to complete in the discovery phase? Write each of these tasks on a separate post-it note and add it to the appropriate cell of the grid. 
The reason to write it on a post-it note is um, that as the day goes by, you will want to restructure your grid and make changes. You may also decide that a task happens later in the process, that kind of thing. Where possible, use the data and information people have brought along to inform what goes on the post-it notes. But if in doubt, guess. You can always confirm your guesses after the workshop. It's better to maintain momentum than it is to get stuck on any part of the grid. By the time you reach the bottom of the first column, people will have got the idea. So at this point, I tend to split attendees into pairs or small groups depending on the numbers. I then give each pair a column, a stage in the journey for them to work through. That speeds up the process and also stops the day getting too monotonous. Once the pairs have finished their various stages, we come back together and we discuss. That ensures everyone agrees, even if they didn't produce that particular stage themselves. And that's it. But what happens after the workshop is just as important. There are two dangers in running a customer journey mapping workshop. The first is that the journey may be inaccurate. Now it's never gonna be perfect, but it should at least be representative of reality. And that's why you wanna spend some time after the workshop validating your results. You don't need to make this complicated. It just means showing it to some customers and getting their feedback. The second danger is the customer journey map ends up sitting in a drawer somewhere, unused and forgotten. And so to present this, it needs to be converted into an engaging format that everyone in the company can see and understand. The goal is to ensure that the user's journey remains front and center in people's minds. So get a designer to produce a graphic to ensure that it's, and ensure that it's as understandable as possible and it grabs people's attention. Whatever its form, the map should contain both statistical and anecdotal evidence. It should highlight users' needs, questions and feelings throughout their interaction with an organization. As mentioned, there's no right or wrong way to produce a customer journey map. Typically, it is some form of infographic with the timeline of the user's journey, but it could just as easily be a storyboard or even a video. But don't make it too complicated. It's easy to get caught up in the multiple routes the user might take and that's just gonna muddy your story. The graphic is not meant to map every aspect of the customer experience. Instead, it tells a story to focus people's attention on the customer's needs. Think of the customer journey map as a poster pinned to the office wall. At a glance, people should be able to see the critical touch points that a user encounters. It should remind them of the customer's needs um, and that those needs must always come first and foremost in their thinking. Customer journey mapping isn't a silver bullet that solves all your user experience problems, but it is a useful tool and one that I personally use a lot. Like personas, empathy maps and story cards, it helps focuses everybody on the user experience and moves them away from internal organizational thinking. And to my mind at least, that makes them worth creating in almost all circumstances.